Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks, presented by your neighborhood Ford store on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Burrow barks with Mixon to his left. Big rush. And he's hit. And he's going to try to get out of there, but no way. Cam and Highsmith combined and had him from two angles. And down he goes for the sack. Sixth sack of the game. This one inside the five. You know, here's the thing that, that I think about. You know, when you look at this, you, you're down without TJ. So how are you going to replace him? Obviously, you know, upping the men you send. You know, uh, that that's one option. But I think one of the things I look at is I, as I look at the offensive line, and they gave up uh, two sacks to the Dolphins. Uh, Mac Jones went down a couple of times. They've got uh, a rookie on one uh, on at the left guard, and you got a three-year guy at the right guard. Yep. Um, there's going to be some inside pressure they're going to come after. But I would take Alex Highsmith, and I would flip him over and put him on Isaiah Wynn. Hmm. Um, Isaiah Wynn has got a little bit of back issue. He's 6'2", 310. You know, um, you got Trent Brown over there, the massive Trent Brown at 6'8", 370, or 80, or whatever you want to fill in the blank. And you know what? He's got sweet feet. Did you ever see that, man? Oh, he's he's a good player, no doubt. Oh, man, has he got some good feet for such a heavy hoofer. I mean, that guy, you know, he is strong. I watched him. He got one of his teammates, one of the running backs, I'm trying to remember who it was. Oh, it was Damian Harris. 215 pounds of Damian Harris. He picked him up by the hips while he, the guy was laying on the ground and picked him straight up and put him on his feet like I couldn't believe. <laughs> I mean, it looked like a Sasquatch reaching down to pick up a dead deer, you know? <laughs> Just boom. <laughs> you know, I mean, such a massive man and so strong. But Trent Brown, you know, again, I look at it and I say, well, you know, if you really want to create some matchup problems – I would take the Highsmith and I'd put him on Isaiah Wynn. Highsmith is not, uh, I'm sorry, Wynn is not an overwhelming physical presence. No. Um, one of the things you can do is occupy Trent Brown and have the rush come from the other four remaining positions. And one of them is going to be a classic matchup when, when Cole Strange gets a load of Cam Hayward. Now, that's my meat eater matchup of the week. There we go. Those two guys, you have a rookie. He's the first, uh, the Patriots' first round draft pick. He's 6'5", 305, and you got Cam Hayward sitting there at 6'5", 295. They're virtually a match, but Cole Strange, is, he's a good athlete. He runs well. He's one of these guys that really is designed for zone-blocking schemes. He runs well. He's athletic. Um, he does a good job of trying to cross the face of a man and, and keep that defensive lineman turning his shoulders. What they're trying to do is make him one-dimensional, get the defensive lineman running towards the sidelines because then you got the cutback, and that's exactly what they're trying to do. And Cole Strange is, at the rookie that he is, he's one of those guys that is perfect for it. But I'll say this, you know, he, he, he got yanked a couple series in Miami, which, per his words, he said, 
Well, it was planned all along because it was so hot down there. But he came back in the second half after he was replaced. But what else happened was uh, there was, seemed to be a miscommunication and somebody got sacked, right? Mm. And all of a sudden, yeah, the rookie, he's got to sit out for a little bit. I'm sure that Belichick was in his ear. But he came back to play. So I look at it this way. Last week in Cincinnati, Big Cam comes out and what's he do? He just tractors over Cordell Volson on the very first snap of Joe Burrow's yeah. 2022 season and saccharates him, you know. And Welcome looking, to the party, pal. Yeah, I'm thinking maybe we got a match. We got a mismatch right there. I I think so. Listen, you know, you you draw the parallel to last week in Cincinnati, and I think that that's that absolutely applies. It's going to be the second week in a row that Cam Hayward is going to be lining up across from a poor soul who just hasn't seen anything like this quite yet. Right. Um, you know, Cam is Cam is baptizing some of these these young rookie offensive linemen here, Wolf, yes. in, in back-to-back weeks. And that to me is, you know, we we talked a little bit about how you how you navigate life without TJ Watt in in our previous segment there to close out the first hour. Maybe I should have mentioned this there as well, but I think it applies here too. You know, a lot of times in sports, when one of your stars goes down, we always we have that conversation, right? Okay, well, well, how do you continue to win? How do you navigate life without said person? Right. And a lot of times, the answer is, well, you need, you know, you need Malik Reed to step up. You, you need you need their replacements to come in, and, next man up type thing, right? Right. Mm-hmm. And there is certainly merit to that, without a doubt. But I think more often than not, Wolf, what you need is when you have one of your best players go down, when you have one of your A players go down, you need the rest of your A players to be on their P's and Q's. You need them to turn in those high-level performances. So, you know, when – like, Moats made this parallel the other day, Wolf, and I, I thought it was great. You know, when 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 Sidney Crosby gets hurt and is going to miss a couple weeks – you don't look at the guy that the Penguins call up from Wilkes-Barre Scranton and say, all right, buddy, come on, we're going to need you to carry the way, right? No, you say, Evgeny Malkin, you got to play really well. Jake Gensel, Chris Letang, right? You guys have to be on your game while Crosby's out. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Now, wait a minute. When did Moat start watching hockey? I, mean, I tell you what, he's well, he's well-versed. He's well-versed now. Does he play he did. hockey? Because I, I know, know about you that. do, right? I do, I do. Yeah. That's why I was proud of him. That's a nice little analogy there. <laughs> But when T.J. Watt goes out, right, it's not, well, okay, Malik, we need you to play at a defensive player of the year type level because that's who you're replacing. No, it's, yeah, you need Malik Reed to, to hold his own and to have an impact, certainly. But what you really need is you need your Cam Haywards. You need your Alex Highsmiths. You need your Miles Jacks and your Minka Fitzpatricks to be on their game, to pull their weight, to continue to play at an A level. That is how you best go about surviving and navigating life without T.J. Watt here in the interim. And we know Minka Fitzpatrick and Cam Hayward are certainly capable. We saw the performances last week. Minka, AFC Defensive Player of the Week. Cam, like you said, was wreaking havoc across that Cincinnati offensive line. If those things continue, Alex Highsmith chipping in, Miles Jack chipping in, Cam Sutton, all these guys, Larry Ogunjobi, that we know are dang good football players. If they're all playing at an A level, that's how you navigate. That's how you tread water until you get T.J. Watt back. Wes, that is so perfectly said. I mean, I got to tell you, one of my one of my notes was the fact that what Chuck used to talk about was the synergism of a team. That the individual parts, uh, the sum of the individual parts is greater than the whole. Or no, no, the sum of the whole is greater than the individual. Yes, parts. there you go. I, 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 Touch I always explained it for me. I knew you were me, close because I always messed that up. You know, <laughs> <laughs> Touch would look at me and go. 
Okay, no, this is what it is. Hold on. <laughs> and he would he would bail me out because I got I was going to give you that messed up. I was going to give you the Animal House. Let him go. He's on a roll. Yeah, exactly. Or the Billy Madison. Everybody is stupider for having listened to this. <laughs> you know. Um, but the point is, what you're saying is is what Chuck used to say. First of all, Chuck would say it's never 50-50. Do you understand that? Right. It's never sometimes it's 60-40 offense, sometimes it's 60-40 defense. Sometimes the defense is carrying the offense. Sometimes the offense is carrying the defense or the special teams chimes in to set, to play field position for a day. It, it it's never exactly a 50-50, hey, you hold up your end, we hold up our end. It's whatever it takes to get the job done is Chuck always so eloquently would put it. Now, one of the ways that he did that was he talked about everybody increasing their productivity by 2%. Hmm. Well, 2%. Well, you got 11 across the board. That's 22%, if my math serves correctly, which it really does. <laughs> but then also, you go to the offense or, you know, the defense. You say everybody's got to go by 2 You go by the offense, 2% more productivity. And you got another 22%, which then you got nearly 50%. I know, it's the new math. but Now you're th- way over my head, yeah. I tell you. <laughs> but, but the point is. You're, it's it's the onus is on everybody to increase their productivity to raise the level of expectation of your performance so that you can overcome that which you've lost through a great player like T.J. Watt. And I think that's the secret to overcoming this is making sure that, that you are dispersing that that uh, the onus on everybody, not just whoever replaces them in the lineup, not just – who's, you know, the guy in the defensive line, the front end, you know, that sort of thing. you got to go everybody. Everybody's got to have a hand in the pile and be able to do better at their job to increase the productivity and, therefore, the win possibility. you got to row the boat, right? I mean, uh, you, you, you know this, Wolf. You ever, you know, you ever been in a in a canoe or, oh, or yeah. something like that? I tipped over a number of times. You know, fat guys shouldn't be in canoes. You know, canoes, are, they're a little dangerous for Top heavy boys. We you know? used to we used to uh, go and ride canoes and stuff in, in college all the time, and we did plenty of tipping over. But I think that <laughs> that might have been because of some of the beverages that we were consuming, oh, and, and well, not the uh, not the, the three hundred bills, there you know. You um, but when you're in a canoe, right? Say you and I are in a canoe, and I'm I'm in the front, you're in the back, and you're rowing on opposite sides, right? Trying to go straight because you you just you want if you if I'm in the front, you're in the back. We'd be a submarine before we got too far out there. <laughs> But if I'm, you know, if you're rowing on the left side and I'm rowing on the okay. right side, okay, and we're trying to stay in a straight line, you know, down the down the river, down the down the the waterway here. Right. If one of us is 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 rowing with more vigor, if one of us is rowing with more effort than the other one, we're going to be all over the place, right? That's that's Correct. not how you stay on the path. That's not how you stay in a straight line and navigate where you're trying to go. You both have to equally propel that canoe. And that's where, you know, I, I think this team is a little bit. You, again, it's not always going to be 50-50. In fact, most of the time it isn't. But you've got to at least get closer to, you know, having two units that are rowing the boat on the same side, uh, having complementary pieces that are on opposite sides, pardon me, having complementary pieces that are that are pulling that weight and doing their due diligence so that everybody else doesn't have to pick up the slack. And, again, particularly when – 
you're dealing with some injuries. You're not going to have T.J. Watt, you know, Mason Cole, and, and Najee Harris a little banged up on the offensive side of things. You you don't need to stress and strain certain aspects of the team. Everyone's got to grab that, those handlebars and, and do their share to, to row the boat and, and navigate this thing on a straight path. No doubt. Absolutely. And you're correct, sir. And I simply just say, you know, for, for myself, one of the ways that you're going to be able to correct this is being able to manipulate some of the things you do up front, the front end of the defense. And believe you me, Terrell Austin's a whole heck of a lot smarter than I am. <laughs> but certainly, you know, the fact if you if you look at it and you say, okay, you know, one of the things we're going to do is we're going to take uh, Alex Highsmith and we're going to we're going to go after Isaiah Wynn. Mm-hmm. You know, if if his back is a little bit uh, sore, if he's got a little bit of issues there. You know, let's turn our best pass rusher loose on that guy and see if he can, uh, you know, produce and get the job done, which I have every confidence. Uh, just watching Alex throughout his career, this guy, uh, as I often say, he's he's got star material on him. He, yeah. he, he's just got to keep unfolding it and unpacking it like he did last week. But this kid is capable of so much more even. But anyhow, regardless, I'd think about that. I'd also think about the fact that I'd – Playing some uh, third downs, uh, my my uh, uh, run heavy nickel. You know, I yep. would play Cam over in a five technique instead of the three technique. You bring in, uh, you know, you have Tyson in there along with Larry Ogunjobi, and then uh, you know maybe it's Alex Highsmith over Isaiah Wynn. You overload one side and you turn you turn Alex loose on Wynn, and you know one on one mano a mano. You run games to occupy from the right guard over. Right, those are things and possibilities that you can do, and also you know just the fact that you got Cole Strange, you got a rookie there who has trouble. Uh, one of the things he he overpunches when he when he does punch and he and he gets caught uh, turning. Well, they can run a twist on this guy, you know. And I know Cam Hayward can get in between him and Trent Brown and create one of those uh, gappage problems where you know one guy is like going, "Uh oh, I'm in trouble here," and you got uh, somebody digging in between the two of you. You come around with a twist, somebody underneath, and again, Cole was a little bit late coming off on one. Um, I, I think you can take advantage of that young guy. Yeah, and you're going to have to, right? Yeah. I mean, we've we've seen we've seen Cam be able to do that consistently, um, and and that's going to need to continue. You know, we 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 spoke about that too uh, in one of our previous segments. Wolf talking about you know dialing up the the pressure and and the four um, you know four organic rushers that you've been able to rely on, and now TJ's out, and will that be the same? And how's that look? I tell you what. If Cam Hayward is is wreaking havoc on the interior of that offensive line, if he's having his way there, that is that's going to be a great jumping point. That's going to be a great starting point for still being able to do a lot of the things that they want to do defensively without having to commit five or six guys going after the quarterback uh, on, on a given down. So, yeah, you're absolutely right. I, I think you've nailed this. And, I, again, I think particularly when you see what Cam was able to do last week, against another rookie in a similar situation. Um, you repeat that performance, you dominate that matchup, and that's going to be a, a really good starting point, a really good catalyst for this defense to continue to be able to perform at a high level. Exactly so. I, you know, I mean, and I just – just looking at it, you know, whether it's the big nickel options with Cam, you know, whether it's, you know, Jameer Jones and Malik uh, – Malik Reed being in there doing this, what he needs to do. Uh, they get picked up a new kid from uh, Tennessee, David Anen, Anina, Anen, I don't know. Anit, Anu, 
I thought there was an increased uh, uh, ability on his part to come downhill and engage in a very strong way, in a way that um, maybe we haven't seen a whole lot of. But, you know, again, you go through that pre-knee injury and post-knee injury, takes a time, it takes some time, and hopefully Devin's going to realize what he showed before because he certainly is so capable. And, of course, I saw Robert Spillane. Robert Spillane's a blast. He was at the uh, uh, you know the Heroes at Acrisure mm-hmm. on Wednesday. Heroes night out. Yes, yes, and uh, he you know he this kid is such a football junkie. He's asking. I'm at, I, we're talking about film, watching the film, and he's like going, "Yeah, you watch it. How many times do you watch it?" <laughs> <laughs> I'm laughing, you know, and 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 then he's sitting there and he's picking up a football, you know, to throw it through the. Uh, the, the deal where, you know, they got this hanging stuff and you got a hole and you got to throw it into the net. You know sure, what I mean? Sure, he's He's throwing the football. He can't just sit around. He's got he's to grab the football and play catch or throw it through the target. Oh, you know gosh. what I mean? Yeah, I just – you love this kid because he is he – is, he's just got this overwhelming desire to play great ball, you know, and maybe he doesn't have all the physical attributes of some of the – the highfalutin, uh, you know, hoi polloi's and, and linebackers uh, amongst the NFL. But let me tell you, with heart, this kid makes up for an awful lot of whatever he don't have, he's got in heart, and that carries him a long ways, let me tell mm-hmm. you. Cert- certainly does, and, and they're going to need that in the uh, in the absence of, of the reigning defensive player of the year. No doubt. Well, why don't we take a break? Uh, the offense, it needs to start fast, but is points the only way you judge it? We'll tell you about it to keep it right here on SNR. This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks, presented by your neighborhood Ford store on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Four out of 15 on third down. Out of those 15 third downs, nine of them were third and five or less. That's what you want. So we have to execute better there. I think we had two of those that were caught short of the line of the game. Two of those we took a shot and didn't quite get. Um, one of those we had, two of those we had a communication issue type of thing. So, you know, no, there's no, we got we to be better on third down. And I think all those things, you know, where we do and what we do, a lot more plays would have occurred if we'd have been better on third down. You know, Matt Cannon's just speaking the truth there. You know, I mean, the Steelers were 4 of 15 on third down. But nine of those... Those opportunities of the 15 were, what do you say, four yards or five yards or less? Five yards or less, okay, yeah. yeah. So I thought, those are makeable first downs, especially if you have a mobile quarterback who can hoof it. You know, five yards is not a long way when you get the pass rush going up in the B gaps and up high and guys running arcs up the field. Um, that's that's easy, easy peasy, really. But here's the deal. The offense, in my mind, and, and again, then you know, when how you – critique an offense and by what parameters you go by is always subject to everybody's own you know likes and dislikes but to me the offense it's got to start fast but points is not the only way right you can't have 12 drives in a game and five of them go for three and outs and five of them go for one and outs and then you've got two drives that were multiple first downs you know what I mean now, yeah. Obviously, you gotta you gotta rack up points while you're doing this, and the Steelers not uh, what they got uh, ten points off of uh, five turnovers. I think it was. I think it was thirteen off of five. Uh, yeah, that's my math. I can't figure it out. It, you know. Not very good, regardless. Yes. Uh, as our German brethren might say, Wolf, 
nicht so gut. Nicht so good. I like that. Very good. <laughs> That's one of the thing. One of the few things I remember from high school German class. Really? Yeah. Nicht so good. That means not so good. See, I the only thing I remember because I took Spanish. The only thing I remember is Sierra La Puerta was close the door. <laughs> you know. <laughs> so he's like, close the door, Sierra La Puerta. Okay. When I uh, when I was in Spain, it was donde es el baño. Which means, where is the bathroom? Ah, that's the, that's the one thing I needed to know I, how I to knew, ask everywhere. I couldn't remember whether banjo was bathroom or or banjo. A banjo. Ah, okay. I got confused ding, ding, on that ding, one. Ding, 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 ding. There you go. All right. So in my mind, again, we start the process coming out. It's it's about not coming out and going three and out. That's that's just mm, that's hard to take. But what I like what Matt said. And I think it's important because, yeah, you're only 4 or 15 on third down. That's not going to cut it. No way, shape, or form does going 4 for 15 on third down. Now, the good thing is, you know, you got to third down 15 times. You know, sometimes you, you go to a game and you barely get their <laughs> double digit, you know, I mean, at all. <laughs> but nine of those 15 uh, were five yards or less, and that to me – is, is good. That's something you can build on because now you can start to construct things to get you in those makeable third downs and work on that and practice on that and drill on that and make sure that you're doing it because that's what killed the Steelers in the second half. You know, it was the fact that you just couldn't keep out there. I remember one, at one point in the game, Bill, you know, Billy Hillgrove says, you know what? This, that was an important drive. And I'm like going, well, they didn't get no points. And he's like, no, they ran off uh, almost five minutes on the yeah, clock. Yeah. And, yeah, the defense says, yeah, I'll take that. I'll take the five-minute rest. I can use that. I can get a little oxygen here. I can put on a little sunblock or something. But regardless, I can make sure that I'm juiced up and got something going here because three and outs are, are, are just that's – you, that's a prescription for losing. It, it certainly is. And again, you and I, you know, we, we talked about this this week and a little bit in the first hour of this program, but you, you've, you've got to play complimentary football. You know, you, it's great that your defense is capable of those Herculean efforts, but if you ask them to do that week out, week in, week out for 17 straight weeks, it's just going to fall apart at some point. It's, it's not going to hold up. It's, it's not realistic. Everybody has to row that boat. Everybody has to row that canoe so you're not sinking out there in the lake. Right. And like I said, you know, again, it's not for the offense. It's not we need 30-some points and and we need a touchdown every single quarter and we need, you know, uh, points on every single drive and these things. But what we do need is is to extend drives, to elongate drives, to, at worst, Wolf, right, flip some field position. Yes. You know, if, if you get the ball at your own 20, but you pick up two first downs, then you have to punt it back. Well, okay, you can pin him inside the 10 now when you've yep. got Presley Harvin punting from the 40-yard line as opposed to his own 25. There's still good that the offense can do here without finding the back of the end zone on every single possession. They've got to strike that balance They've got to move closer to to that you know that that final product here in week two. I think we all expect it. I know you and Max have said four weeks. All right, you give the offense four weeks. New quarterback, a lot of moving parts on the offensive line. A lot of guys, uh, a lot of your playmakers are still on their rookie contracts and early on in their NFL careers. Um, y- you do have to give it some time. 
But with that as well, too, you need to see the progression on a week-to-week basis. And for me, that's that's a big part of it this week. When you're not scoring, that's one thing. But can you elongate some drives? Can you rest your defense? Can you keep their defense on the field? And can you at least do your part to flip the field position in some of these instances where you're not going to get points on the board? Uh, those will all, I think, certainly be be key factors and, and things I'll be watching for for this offense on Sunday. Absolutely. I mean, Presley, one thing about Presley, he's kicking the Elvis out of the ball. He really I'm is. Serious. He really is. I mean, is. just watching him rip that thing. Uh, you got a lot of respect for how his bounce back has come this year thus thus far because that's badly needed. In a game like last week, you needed him doing what he was doing when he was just sending moonshots out there. You know, so I I I, I you got to factor that in. We got strong kicking game uh, people out there getting the job done. None more so important than the Wizard of Boz. But yeah, that's going to be part of it because I do believe. A Belichick team doesn't, like I said, doesn't cannibalize itself. It doesn't. It doesn't destroy itself generally. You know, I mean, you'll have years in in games, week in, week out, where, but they are pretty much a patient unit, uh, offensively and defensively. They go along. They they don't kill themselves with penalties and and mental errors and mistakes like that. And they're opportunistic. And part of that is in the field position. You know, when you get good field position, when you're constantly pinning the other team's offense back. Again, you are now putting yourself in a position where somebody's going to make a mistake. I mean, it mm-hmm. just it happens. The game of football is extremely violent. It is extremely fast-paced. And at some point in, in time, you might have a guy like uh, Cole Strange who missed some sort of communication and blocking pickup on the line and between him and Trent Brown. And Mac Jones gets a fumble, stripped, and uh, you know Melvin Ingram takes it into the end zone for a touchdown. You know, mm-hmm. and that's what happens when you have young people and you're out there for a while and, and you know, you the people, hopefully they can take advantage of that. So I just look at this and say to myself, you know, yeah, we got to be better on the third downs, which means that if you're strong on first down, you get a win on first down. Then you come back on second down and, and, and positive again, always getting into those makeable third downs. I always love third and four or less. Yes. Um, I, and especially – Back in my day, it was third and three or less because it always meant that's the opportunity to run for a first down, mm-hmm. you know. And when you can do that, now you're a 50-50 deal. And there was no – they didn't have, per se, nickel corners back then. They didn't have a lot of third down packages. People didn't come in with, you know, multiple wide receiver sets right. like they do nowadays. But, you know, back then it was, uh, you know, just the knowledge. If you can keep it around 50-50, now the defense has to honor their rundown reads. And if for anybody that said it got too conservative, uh, remember that Matt Canada dialed up a couple of trickeration plays there too. Yes. You know, and I, I love those and I because those always slow the backside down. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't get the wild and wooly chase, you know, uh, uh, from the backside without regard for, you know, whatever your discipline is at that point in time in your rundown fits. Uh, you know, you slow them down and you create uh, that sort of, uh, you know, hesitation, making sure that there's nothing coming the other way. You know, that's always a positive. The double flea flicker was a lot of fun oh, there. Wasn't that cool? Certainly. And, and, and you're absolutely right. You're spot on. When you are, as an offense, trying to figure yourself out, Trying to trying to carve out an identity and, and figure out what you do well and where right, you can cut right. your teeth, the the one, um, the one tool that you can kind of have at your disposal while you're while you're trying to figure out who you are is to at least keep the defense guessing, right? Right. It, it, it's one thing 
if you're trying to figure out what you're what you do best and and where you're going to kind of hang your hat as an offense. But at the same time, you've got to have the defense on their toes as well too. And you're absolutely right. You get into those third, uh, third and fourth or shorter, third and three, third and two. And all of a sudden, the defense has to respect everything. It could certainly just be a handoff to Najee Harris, but it could be something quick over the middle to Pat Fryermuth. It could be an out route along the sideline to Deontay Johnson. Maybe every once in a while in some of those situations, you'll go play action and you'll try and hit a deep ball down the field as well too. take a chance there. Uh, all these different things, you, you have to be able to keep defenses on their toes, on their heels, one of those, all right? One of those two there. Well, if they either got to be on their toes or on their heels or maybe a combination of both, um, because at least as an offense, when you're trying to figure it out, you can't be predictable. You've got to at least have a, a plethora of ways that you can attack. And I think we saw a li- we saw flashes of that. You know, at, at times, like you were mentioning with some of the gadget plays in Cincinnati. Right. Week one under your books, uh, in the books. Now another week of practice. Hopefully that expands even a little bit more here in week two. Absolutely. You know, I, and again, back at home as well, too, where, you know, the crowd should be quiet when you have the ball. <laughs> yeah. That always helps, you know. That's that's a good thing, um, certainly. Um, but I, I also look at now. Now this New England offense, um, they, you know, they only put up what seven points. Seven, yeah. Yeah, I mean they lose to the Dolphs twenty. So they're to seven. having a lot of the same conversations they, we are. They are absolutely. Um, they're not rushing the ball for any any sort of you know huge totals or anything like that. Their offensive line has had some issues. You got the Mike on when you. I tell you that right guard number seventy one. Oh man, he's six three, three hundred and fifty pounds. I mean that he's a massive man. Mm-hmm. But he's also somebody that I think, you know, he's he's a little slow. He's kind of like, it's like trying to turn a uh, a cruise ship around. You know, sometimes it looks like he's a little, <laughs> little. It takes a little while to get all the way around there. And I I believe that he's somebody they can get after. David Andrews is a pretty good center. Yes, I think, and, yes. and Trent Brown is. We've already talked about Trent Brown. But Cole Strange is interesting because he does have some deficiencies. He is a rookie, you know, and he is uh, a newbie. And I think that uh, we've seen what Cam Hayward was. Cam Hayward to rookie offensive linemen is like Dick LeBeau to rookie quarterbacks. <laughs> right, you know? right. I mean, uh, he can Cam can be a heartbreaker and a widow maker as far as that goes. So hopefully Cam has a big game this year, this week. Um, he's certainly capable of it. And uh, Larry Ogunjobi is another guy that I want to see come off and, and do some of the stuff that I know he's capable of doing. That is a wide man. It was funny. When we got <laughs> the bus over to Ray, uh, Paycor Stadium or Raycor Stadium, whatever that, that thing is called. Raycor? Yeah. Paycor. I don't even know. All I know is I, I get off and I'm standing behind Larry, and I'm thinking, this dude is wide. <laughs> I mean, from the shoulders and everything. I mean, he you see why he can sit in there and, and take on the double team. And not be moved because, uh, you know, his ligamentation along his backside, that's a massive man and does a good job of it. And Tyson Alu-Alu is another guy that, you know, all important because he is so capable at that nose tackle position. Like I always say, Tyson plays that nose tackle like a three technique, uh, you know, and, 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 and he can pass rush like a three technique. You know, somebody with more pass rushing moves than most nose tackles have. So, there's a lot of there's a lot of good stuff. I think we've got some good matchups here. Yeah, I'm I'm really excited over the fact of what uh, Minka did last week because what Minka did was so extraordinary, and I think that we're going to have more Minka magic moments coming up. And certainly, if we can keep him disengaged from being in the box so much, or having to come up from 15 yards deep to make hits, such as he still did in Cincinnati, which 
to me, it just blows me away that he can be 15 yards deep at the snap of the ball, and then by the time the runner hits the outer edge, all right, on an outside zone or something like that, he can drop them for literally no gain. Mm-hmm. How do you gobble up that much turf between the snap <laughs> of the ball and then showing up on the end of the line when you were 15 yards deep? I don't know. But he did it, and he did it spectacularly. Sure did. And we're going to need that to continue Oh yeah, on Sunday, Mr. Wolfley. Absolutely. So why don't we take a break? We'll come back with our last thoughts, and uh, we'll do it all in just a couple minutes. You're listening to SNR. is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks, presented by your neighborhood Ford store on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Yeah, definitely. And not just this week, all the time. I mean, having Coach Flo um, in our meetings and just having him to, to ask about defenses and what he sees from his perspective has been huge. I've been talking to him throughout OTAs and training camp, just get his perspective on defense to, like, what's hard to cover, what I see from a quarterback. Uh, perspective and I think him being there gives us uh, a good insight kind of like what 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 they may be talking about and how they may be game planning for us so uh, if we just keep those things in mind and and have a good work week uh, I think it could be a good event you know that's one of the things I love about Mitch Trubisky is the fact that you know he sits there and says yeah I've been you know checking out and talking to Brian Flores why not I mean the guy knows New England better then we know New England. I mean, he sees him, you know, twice a year or every year when he was there. So certainly I think Wes, in my mind, that's that's a great point of reference. Man, go talk to him. Make sure that he's, you know, in, inclusive and not just the defensively, defensively speaking because he knows both sides of the ball. Very intelligent man. I mean, had a chance just to meet him and, and talk to him a little bit. Man, he is, he is a super smart guy, and I, I really like – what he's doing in in the linebacker group because we're seeing more production out of the guys that uh, maybe you know we we'd hope to see more production out of and it at you know will come to pass and hopefully this weekend I I think this is an opportunity for those guys in the middle uh, to be able to do some really big things. Completely agree. You certainly saw the start right of of Brian Flores's uh, fingerprints on this defense last week in in Cincinnati and I think we all expect that to continue but yeah he's he's a great resource to have for Mr. Bisky for the offense not only you know for the things that you mentioned and and obviously that Mitch talked about there not only because he's been a head coach in the division and had to see New England twice a year he also spent 10 years I mean he spent a whole decade on that coaching staff under Bill Belichick from 2008 yeah to 2018 before he got the head coaching gig in Miami. So, yeah, if there's anybody who's familiar with how New England operates and what they want to do, and particularly on defense, it's Brian Flores. I mean, he started there again in 2008 as a special teams assistant, uh, then became special teams coach, then became a defensive assistant, then the safeties coach, then the linebackers coach, all before he took that head coaching gig with the Dolphins in 2019. Uh, he also worked as a scout wolf for four years for the Patriots before he got onto the coaching side of things. So, yeah, if anybody out there is familiar with New England, how they operate, how they're going to want to attack the Steelers' uh, defense and, and anything and everything, or the Steelers' offense, pardon me, and anything and everything in between, uh, Brian Flores is certainly a, a valuable resource to, to have in the locker room and be able to pick his brain every week, but especially this week. Absolutely. Now, just some random thoughts going into the game. 
One of the things I think that's going to be important is how you handle their 12 personnel. They come with the two tight ends. They got Hunter Henry. They got Jonu Smith. And I think that's going to put Miles Killebrew into play and uh, how the Steelers line up against him. Um, that's going to be important. Now, both those guys, they, nobody nobody was smoking the, uh, you know, in, in the past receptions last week. I think uh, what, what Hunter had a couple grabs and uh, Jonu Smith had a couple more. Yeah. yeah, they each had two receptions, both for uh, pedestrian, you know, uh, 20-some yards maybe. You know, it, it well, it's good for a tight end. That was good enough. <laughs> you know? Hey, leave the tight ends yeah, out I of know. this. I, it was just, I, I was dissing them. I shouldn't have dissed them. That was wrong. Because they are, you know, they are related to the offensive linemen, you know. Sure, they're sure. Just, they're just guys with, with uh, you know, more talent. Yeah, they they had kind of a, you know, they had a, a plethora of guys invo- plethora, in, in, involved uh, on Sunday, Wolf, but nobody that really um, took the opportunity and ran with it. You yeah. know, they, they had a lot of different receivers. Uh, I mean, alone, they had one, two, three, four. They had five receivers who had uh, 20 yards or more on Sunday. Spread so the ball around. They were spreading the yeah. ball around, but sometimes that can be a good thing. Sometimes that can also be because nobody has stepped up and shown that they can be the guy. Um, and I think it, it might be some of the latter there for New England. They're they're really in desperate need of some playmakers to emerge on that offense. Well, I would agree with you. You know what I mean? Absolutely. You take a look at these guys, and again, like I said, there's no – Tom Brady, you know, there's no, there's no uh, Randy, Randy Moss, Moss. Yeah. yeah, or Gronk, or yeah, Gronk, yeah, there's Julian Edelman, tapers. yeah, all those guys, they're they're gone, they're Gandhi, you know, and so if you're talking about playing a lot of twelve personnel, well, you're gonna line up and smack right. Although I do like Jacoby Myers, he seems to be yes. a pretty decent yes. player. You know, so I got respect for him and that. And he had an, I mean, four receptions, fifty-five yards, uh, had a carry, I believe, as well too for for them. So they'll they'll put him to work, no doubt. You know, one of the things that uh, you got to look at too was last week against the Dolphins. Um, New England—they normally they're they're not a big blitz team or haven't been, okay, in the past. Uh, you know, last year or two, but they they blitzed a lot more against the Dolphins, and so I I got a feeling that we're going to see more activity uh, defensively uh, from the from the Patriots than what we've seen in the past or what we might expect to see. You know, you look at. They, their defensive line, they got the Lawrence guy. He's he's a substant, substantive guy. He's a 12-year veteran, and I thought he's you know he's still doing it at a high level. But you got that De, uh, Devon Godshow. Um, he's a pretty good player. He's a spark plug. He's a little fire plug in there. Um, you got Dietrich Wise, he's a crafty guy. He's a six-year guy. And got Christian Barmore. You know, the front end, not too bad, you know. But the guy in the back that makes it go is Devin McCourty, if you ask me. The guy is, uh, well, he's a six-year veteran there. He's, no, I'm sorry, a 13-year veteran. And, I mean, this guy has seen it all, basically, from the back seat. Yeah, no, he has. And, and that's the thing, too. There's there's maybe not the – there's certainly not the, the names that we've grown accustomed to in, in these matchups over the years, Wolf. But there's there's still a lot of veterans there. There's still a lot of savvy there. And I think you're right, particularly on the defensive side of the football as well, too. Like, they – they have some guys that can hurt you. McCordy, Judon, Jones. I mean, they, they've they got some good players there. And, yeah, you know, Miami was able to to jump out to a quick start. They had 17 points in the, in the first half there. But then after that, you know, when New England, I think, you know, had some time at halftime to adjust and to catch their breath and to get settled, they only gave up three points to the Dolphins in the second half. So that defense, it, it took them a half to kind of get on the same page and, right. and get settled. 
But after that, for the second 30 minutes of that game against the Dolphins, I mean, again, like I said, they gave up one field goal in the second half, and that was it. So they're, they're you know, while the names are not the same, and while, listen, I'm not sitting here and saying that they've got Hall of Famers coming out the wazoo like they have at times right. in the past, they're still certainly capable, and uh, and you better you better be ready to go. You better be buttoned up. And uh, you better be ready to make some plays because they've got some guys who who still have that in their repertoire. Well, if I summarize it, I'd say no way to go is roll the chains. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Second thing, you got to clean up the mess on aisle five. Get your penalties under control. Make sure everybody's making you know doing their due diligence. You got to keep the turnover ratio in your favor. Yep. Steelers come in at plus five. Patriots minus three. Four is win the field position, and number five is convert those touchdowns or those turnovers into points. Oh, I'm excited, Wes. I look forward to Sunday. Are you going to be back at the ranch? Are you? Uh, where are you at the stadium? Are you? Up no, at- I'm going to be in the booth with you, baby. Oh, that's right. I forgot. Yeah, Jets, you can't. You thinking? can't get rid of me that easily, man. You know what? I just had a senior <laughs> citizen moment right there. I mean, that was tough. But I will say this: thank you for joining us, everybody out there. Wes, thank you for sitting in for Max. Yep. Max, hope you're having a great time at Disney. Get back soon, folks. You know what's coming. It's the New England Patriots at Akrasher. One o'clock. Be there. Yeah,